Hello and welcome to the Donor Egg Mama podcast for soul-led intended parents considering a donor egg pathway and parents of donor egg conceived children. I'm your host Adele O'Connor, a qualified fertility coach and proud donor egg mama. I'm just a normal mum that went on an extraordinary journey to conceive. I hope this podcast helps you in some way to break free from emotional overwhelm, face your fears and find the courage to move forward and bring that baby that's on your heart into your reality. Let's talk openly about our emotions and all topics donor egg IVF. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the Donor Egg Mama podcast and series two, Donor Egg Mama Talks, stories of hope and inspiration. I'm your host, Adele O'Connor, IVF warrior and proud Donor Egg Mama. So today I'm really excited to welcome back Mickey from London, who is one of my very first guests on this podcast. Mickey contacted me back in November 22 with a desire to connect with others going through a similar journey and with the hope to share her story in order to help others. In our first episode together, she spoke of her painful experience of miscarriage. And then in February, we chatted again once she decided to move forward on the donor egg journey using a clinic in Spain. So today we're catching up once more and have some wonderful news to share with you all. And I'm really excited to hear how Mickey's experience in Spain has been and how she's navigated this next part of her journey. So, Mickey, welcome back, and thanks so much for making the time to chat with me today. Pleasure. Thank you for having me back. God, when you put all of that into one kind of paragraph, it seems a lot. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is a lot in just a very short paragraph. And this is episode three for you. So yes. it, it is indeed a lot. Mickey, tell us about the moment that you decided that you were going to go ahead with donor eggs. And I know you talked about that a little bit in the last episode and the financial strain of all of that. And what was it like when you actually started (laughs) to move forward? What did that look like for you? So we were on our sixth round of attempting to do IVF with Monis. The fifth round, we decided to change clinics to Spain just because they did a few different things that they don't do in the UK. And the vibe there was very different. I wasn't what I felt like a number, which was a huge thing. When we found out our PRP treatment didn't work, that would have been the sixth round. Mm -hmm. The clinic sat down with us. We had a Zoom from Spain with the head doctor. And he said, look, there's two options. We can try it again with your own eggs or you can go to donor egg. And in my head, I'd never thought about donor egg, only because it had never been discussed with me. So if we weren't going to try again, I was going to do adoption. And then it came down to financial as well, because I think at this point we might have done around 75,000. It's such a huge journey and the financial loss, it's all a big grief. It's, it... I, I haven't actually not talked about it, but I haven't looked back. I've only yeah. forward. It is when you get a chance to reflect and realise the extent that you've had to go through to get to this point. And you're yeah. such a busy woman, Mickey, with running your theatre business and everything. So then we got to Donor Egg. And I think the questions I had were like the questions we all have. My biggest one, oh, there was two, was will the baby look like me? That's the first thing. And only because of not anything to do with me, to do with other people, of their reaction, with 
the questions they would ask. That's right. That's right. And I'm getting upset because over the last three or four weeks, I've had comments already. So I've had to navigate how I'm going to answer. But all of my close family know everything about Tony Reagan. So it's difficult to navigate with an answer. I've found out what I'm going to do and I've figured it all out. I've spoke, obviously, my husband and my mum. It's just difficult mm. because I feel like I don't want to lie to yeah. people that I don't know. But I also think it's none of your business. That's how I feel about it. And also, I think that I don't want to get someone's opinion that is negative. I don't want to be faced with that. And why would I want to put myself and the baby in that position? That's all. But that was yeah. the first thing was the money thing. Like, how am I going to do this? And then so my clinic basically offered us like a payment plan. Basically, you pay X amount of money. I think it worked out just under £18,000. You don't fall pregnant with a donor egg, you get your money back. So for me, it was a no-brainer. That was the other thing. One about looking like me in the relation with donor. And in Spain, their law is that they're always anonymous. If we know that we're going to be honest with the baby from the get-go. And then it will be her choice. Oh, I'm having a girl. And it'll be her choice if she wants to. And we can help her go and find if the Spanish law changes by that point. And then we went back over to Spain. They found a donor within six weeks. The only thing that I had to do was send pictures over of myself with no makeup on from front side angles. And then the lady, Emma, who works with the clinic, who is absolutely unreal, she said, send me a couple of pictures over, like, baby, 25-year-old and, like, 30-ish. Like, poor woman, I bombarded her with so many pictures. You can have as many pictures as you like. So I sent her lots of pictures. And that was it. And we got a donor within six weeks. The transfer of the embryo was on the 4th of January. Wow. Oh, and then crap. took a pregnancy test. And you took a pregnancy test? 12 days later. And it was a yes. And the whole house, I say whole household, me, my mum was in the other room and Jason and I were in the bathroom, obviously screaming, but my mum didn't know if it was a good scream or a bad scream. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So amazing. And so, Mickey, how was those kind of early weeks and how does the transfer of the your care from Spain, how does that transfer to the UK? I knew after 12 weeks I wouldn't be looked after as such from Spain. But I actually thought there would be more conversations. There didn't need to be. I just thought there would be more. I had a couple of scares. We fell pregnant with twins and I lost one at eight weeks. We had a scare at about six weeks. And then one of the NHS hospitals was absolutely horrific to me on the telephone, which (laughs) awful. I run up and said, look, I started bleeding. I'm five or six weeks. And the midwife said to me, you're more than likely having a miscarriage. Just see it through. What planet? How is this lady in midwifery talking to somebody? I mean, just amazes me. It really does. That's been so frightening. So frightening. Did you think that was it it at that point? I think because we'd had an early scan, the private clinic, the Spanish clinic said, look, go and get a, a scan done at five weeks just to make sure that there is a heartbeat and the chest won't scan you till your 12 weeks. So you can have private scans. So 
I just said to Jason, let's have a private scan weekly just because I'm totally freaking out. Just anxiety and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Knowing what had happened before. So we had one at five weeks and they'd found two sacs. And then two heartbeats. Six weeks, they found two heartbeats. Then we had the bleed. Then it was fine. Week seven. And then week eight, then one of them, I think it was twin B, was growing smaller than the other. And they measure it on days, how big it is and how days and so on. So twin A was normal size and the other one every time we went for a scan it was like it's five days behind six days behind you know what I mean and then we found that there was no heartbeat which was a really odd we'd never talked about twins ever even though every time we'd put two embryos in so you put two embryos in Spain and they suggested that we put two in so we'd never talked about twins and then we're getting excited about twins twins let's change the car just all the, the fundamental things of Okay, two car seats means two prams. Okay, let's look at that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you're still carrying one and then it's like the excitement and then you're, it's odd. It's really strange. And I don't know how to explain that. I think I've processed it. I had the same thing. I was pregnant with twins right. too up till probably about the same time. It was at my 10-week scan. We realised we only had one heartbeat. And I totally get what you're trying to say because I think this sounds like similar experience you're like shocked and obviously devastated that you've lost a baby, but at the same time, immense relief that you've got one baby. Yes, it's so bizarre and odd and you don't know how to manage that. It's really yeah. odd, really odd. Yeah. I was on my TikToks, I'm not sleeping, which is absolutely fine. I'm not worried about that, I'm like it. But my algorithms on TikTok have gone to like pregnancy TikTok and a girl posted things that people shouldn't say to people when they're pregnant and one of the things is are you having twins for a few reasons one what if they're not and they're just carrying bigger normal what if they were and they lost all of these things and you know what you said to me in the last two weeks are you carrying twins and you know what you want I wanted to say do you know what I was and I lost one and just for their reaction which seems really cruel and horrible to say that but People just don't think that kind of carries so, through the whole fertility journey, doesn't it? Or the lots of oh, comments that you get. Definitely. So after that, up to 12 weeks, we were looked after. And then we were left to our own devices, really. And I think I got an email saying, please let us know when you have the baby, what gender, and if everything's okay. But I have kept in contact with my English liaison, Emma, because she's just so lovely. Yeah. Every six weeks, two months, I've dropped her a little message and she just sent me a message back, which has been really lovely. Did you have a progesterone protocol through the Spanish clinic to keep on? Yeah, taking- I took every, everything, all of the medication up until 12 weeks and I've carried yeah. on with Clexate, everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the UK have also put me on aspirin. Okay. So, and because of having the C-section... I will be on blood thinners until six weeks after as well. Sure. And how are you feeling about your journey in general and the mindset hurdles that you've had to overcome? What's been the biggest mindset hurdle for you? I think as I've got nearer to the end of pregnancy, people making comments, who do you think you'll look like? Do you think you're following your footsteps? All of those things. Because it doesn't matter if you run a football team, 
and they don't like it and they want to play rugby. That it's to do with the dinosaur. that. And it's only because I wasn't an overthinker until I started IVF. And now I overthink everything from, so for me, that has been the biggest hurdle as I've come towards the end of pregnancy. Questions from people and my answers to them. And then my thing of, oh shit, I'm going to be a mum. Because it's taken so long to get it. And I know that it would all be fine, but it's in the overthinking brain when yeah. you think it's going to happen and then yeah. it doesn't. Every time you have a round of IVF, whether it's with a donor egg or not, or every time if you're trying naturally that you take that pregnancy test and it doesn't happen, reflecting back, knowing it's taken such a long time to get here. Oh, and another thing, because my husband and I, there is, Jason's 53 and I'm pregnancy brain, 41, trying to remember how old I am. That always is in the back of my mind of age. And not so much now is the what if 10, 15, because we want to emigrate from the UK to the Caribbean. So we've got a holiday home and my mum lives out there. So it's those things. So when we go out there, we would be 51 and the baby would be 10. All of looking ahead. And then you think, have I done the right thing? After all of those questions. Totally, Mickey. And I just want you to know, they are so, these are such normal and valid feelings to have and completely understandable. And personally, I've been through all of those questions in my mind as well. And it is a bit of a process to come to peace with the fact that you've had a child later in life. It's really bizarre because it's only in circumstances where I'm by myself and my brain and I haven't got any other pregnant friends and then you feel not pressured but I feel if I talk this it relates back to the same thing if I talk about it I'm ungrateful because of the way physically that I feel and I don't want to do that because it's taken so long to get here and I don't have any pregnant friends and where I've been busy working there's an app now in the UK. I don't know if you've got it where you are called Peanut. I've heard of this app. And you can make friends with other pregnant women. And I've messaged a few people and we've messaged back. But then life gets in the way. And it's not that I'm lonely as in not having people because there's hundreds of people around me. It's people being in the same situation and being able to talk about it. That's all. Absolutely. I know when... I was in my mother's group once I'd had my child. I think that feeling, because you've had a child via a donor egg as well, you might not meet anybody else in the same situation and you always feel a little bit different is just one of those things of having had the journey that you've had. But the good thing is that worldwide now, I think there are more Facebook groups and communities where you can with other women that have been on the same journey as you. Some of the groups on Facebook I've had to leave because I didn't particularly like the content that was going on. So when someone's asking, can someone please let me know how you went about telling your child that they were conceived by Derek? Very simple question. And then the answers and the people, I find it really odd. So it wasn't great for my mental health. I had to come off. I couldn't deal with it. I had to come off of that side of social media. So it's the Facebook group and social media has been difficult. I've been on it, but on a different kind of vibe. 
I'm on pregnancy. What clothes can I dress my child in type of vibe on social media and gadgets rather than anything else. And you've got to do what makes you feel good. And there are lots of opinions. There's lots of positive as well, just negative. And even through pregnancy, this conceiving via a donor egg, as what I tell all of my clients who I work with, it is an evolving mindset. It's something that you work through over time. I'm eight Mm. years down the line now. So things are a lot easier to talk about. Obviously, I'm sharing my opinions and story with the world. Things are a lot easier right at the very start. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way at all. And I recall in the very early stages feeling like a sense of nervousness about my donor. Almost like the donor is a little bit of a threat. Is there going to be a relationship between my son and the donor? Is he going to feel more for that person and all things like that? And then in time, that broke down through the kind of early parenting years where you're so in the trenches and so involved that you realize no one can replace me. You've got that bond through time, through absolute time. And going through that stage of feeling so different in my mum's group and because of the age gap as well, I was 45 when I had my boys. So just feeling different to everybody and feeling a bit hung up on my age and all of those things. And then it's just over time, it's all started to fall away and you work through it. You work through it emotionally and you know, yeah. through life experience. So I hope that's in some way comforting to know that how you feel now does change and evolve as you move through this experience. And there are so many podcasts and information out there that is supportive to women on a donor egg journey as well that you can use to just to help you with some of those mindset hurdles. On Instagram, I think she's called Defining Mum. Becky, she's amazing. And some of the things she puts up in like, I needed to hear that today. Do you know what I mean? And exactly what you said. I feel like I have come to terms with everything. It's now how to deal with that when you get to it. So whether it is that the age, because I feel maybe not physically during pregnancy, but I feel like 21 and actually I can achieve anything physically because I'm physically quite healthy and fit. It's just the what ifs is my thing. That's all. That's yeah, it is. absolutely. Working through that yeah. through time. But what are the, some of the things that that have helped you in terms of self-care? Is there anything that, that's been a bit of a go-to for you? Yes. Doing nothing. I don't know. Sitting down and putting a series on. I'm into peppermint tea. A peppermint tea and maybe a chocolate bar. And having a cuddle with my dog. I know that sounds really silly, but just doing nothing. Because you're an extremely busy person. And also not putting pressure on myself and my husband to get everything done in the house. So, for instance, I've got three weeks to go today. Oh, no, Thursday. That everything needed to be done, ready, the baby's washing, everything needs to be washed. I've only just done the bedding today and I'm not really worried. Think, Take the pressure off yourself and just take time for yourself and don't feel guilty about it. That's amazing that you're aware and you're doing it, you give yourself some quiet time and starting to slow down. That's amazing. If there's anything that you would have done differently, what would that have been in the whole journey? Definitely. So the first clinic I went to in the UK, I wouldn't have gone to it. 
I would have done more investigation on treatment of PGTA testing and what it involves because I wasn't told about it. And I would have saved myself financial worry, brain power, mental capacity, physical, all, all of those things. I have everything and costing a fortune, which I, I, I keep talking about money and I do not begrudge the money that I've spent in the absolute slightest. But if I knew about it, I wouldn't have spent the money and things would have been different. That's frustrating. That's what I would have done. So whether I, if I would have known I would have had to have a donor egg three years ago, I would have still gone through the same journey. I would have just got there a little bit quicker. Because it's, even though someone might have told you earlier, you still have to go through that process of trying everything, don't you, of your own eggs before yeah. you can accept yeah. that. And we touched on a little bit around conception story earlier. You'd said you want to tell your baby early Definitely. on. I bought a couple of books and That's then so they're just going to be honest. I remember speaking to you before and you were saying that you're, you told your son and he was like, and don't care. Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. And it's only to seven, maybe eight, nine that they go, when you keep talking about it, they're like, oh, okay, what's this about? I know you've talked to me. They're more intrigued about it. So yeah, yeah I'm following Every child's different. Every child is different. I was just talking to a friend today, actually, who conceived donor eggs as well. And she was saying that her five-year-old said the other day, I'd love to go back to South Africa and, and give that kind lady a hug that helped make me. The main goal is that there's not a big reveal, that your child yeah. just grows up knowing that information. And then obviously, as you say, as they get older and their interest peaks, you just continue to support their curiosity. But another point you made earlier is secrecy versus privacy. The whole world doesn't need to know about it. It's just being mindful. If you approach it as a secret, that has those connotations of there's something to be ashamed of. And we don't want to transfer that onto our children. But it's just like a matter of fact part of their story. And also more than that, I think in time you get to the point where you could start feeling really proud of yourself, of everything that you've been through. And yeah, the lengths yes. that you went to bring this beautiful child into the world. And when you start to feel that sense of celebration and pride with yourself, then your child will also feel that sense of joy and celebration and that's definitely definitely that's I think that's the really important narrative in it all and I don't know if you followed a donor child the lovely Emma on Instagram but I might I do I've mentioned her a few times and she yeah. she's a real advocate to share positive stories of donor conception and she knows that her journey into this world was a challenging one for her parents and she's not going to make the most of this life I know yeah. it was hard for me to come into this life and I'm going to make the most of it, which is so beautiful. And I think if, if you're that way inclined, your child would also be that way inclined. It's only yeah. what you and your mindset puts forward that reflects on the child. So I totally get that. So that's why <laughs> I hadn't got an issue with telling. And yeah. even telling the world, I've got no problem. I really haven't because I've helped a few friends of mine. I've been speaking to them that are going through it. It's just people's opinions. I'm just yeah. not good with confrontation. That's all it yeah, is. Absolutely. No, I, That's I all get that. I totally get that. Oh, it's been so lovely talking to you, Mickey. And I'm just oh, so, so happy for you. So happy you. for you. 
and I can't wait to see your beautiful pictures. Yes, I will do. (laughs) And I'm sure that our listeners will be so excited to hear your news as well. And everyone, as well as myself, sending you all the best for your upcoming C-section and bringing your baby into this world. Lovely, thank you. Lovely to speak to you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, it would mean the world to me if you could just give me a five-star review and let me know your thoughts. And of course, if you know anyone that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. Until next time, remember, you don't have to navigate the dark nights of this journey alone. There's a community of women waiting here to cheerlead you on and support you as we all work together to bring the baby that's on our hearts and in our dreams, earthside and into our arms. See you next week.